It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You can also download the iHeartRadio app and take us with you anywhere you go. It's also a pleasure to welcome those listeners on other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth, as well as anyone listening on their favorite podcast platform or our SoundCloud. It is also a pleasure to welcome to the show my guest, Michael DeMonte. He is here to discuss a new documentary he has out. It is called His Name is Ray. And Michael DeMonte is an award-winning director. And uh, he uh, actually has a number of films out, one called Transformers. The other one is... Transcend. Transcend. Thank you. Yes. That was my that was my film school in two years there. <laughs> oh, yeah? My first time, uh, you know, ever, ever making a film. And I had a great co-director on that who showed me the ropes i just i had an idea and i needed a team and uh yeah that was that was the first wild journey i went on oh well that's interesting because when i looked at your bio it didn't say anything about film school Uh, it said it mentions theology and philosophy yeah it was uh it was an interesting turn that uh ended up being a great my school ended up being an amazing prerequisite for you know, something I always dreamed of doing, but never saw a career path or there were no opportunities. I just stopped pursuing film. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of stumbled upon this idea and this this character who had won the Boston Marathon. Um, and he invited me to kind of follow some of his story. And that that developed into Transcend. And from there, it was uh, it was a no brainer because for me, no one, very few people read these academic essays. And to be able to explore these existential ideas that I'm passionate about through film, it was it's just been a dream come true the last 10 years. And now, take me back a little bit to what you were saying there. You were following film? Is that what you were saying? And then you switched over to theology and philosophy? I was, it, was always, it, was, it was always a pa- passion. Like okay. something, if you asked me what I want to do with my life, it right. was, you know, be a filmmaker. But okay. I just, I didn't have, I, I guess I just didn't. No one in my family did it. I didn't have any (laughs) friends who did it. So I just never saw the roadmap. Mm. Right. But documentaries, it's it's special because it requires very little tech. You can learn the technical side of it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've got the ability to explore people's stories and, you know, I was so used to writing these lengthy essays that kind of these compiling 40 to 100 hours of footage and then trying to narrow it down to an hour and a half wasn't you know, it wasn't daunting for me. Mm. It was actually very, pretty, relatively easy, so to speak. So, yeah, it's been, um, yeah, it's it's been interesting seeing how that transition from from academia to uh, to documentary filmmaking really uh, really blended nicely. Well, there's another T you included there. Uh, transition. You've got transform. You've got transcend. <laughs> yeah, I stop after those. You know, trans. They were just both perfect titles. I mean, sure. Transformer was about. The, strongest bodybuilder powerlifter in the world yeah. transitioning to be a, a female and mm-hmm. it was you know that the line was uh, the world's the world's strongest man faces his greatest test of strength becoming a woman right and uh you know we followed we followed that that story as uh, the character embarked on you know the the hardest you know this was a cancer survivor a u.s mm. marine mm-hmm. uh you know world record powerlifter, and described this as the hardest thing that they'd ever have to do right. so we were 
we were fortunate enough to be invited into that journey. So we right. actually saw those hard decisions being made in real time. Mm-hmm. That's that's quite the coup you got there for uh, for that film uh, and getting that story for sure. How did you how did you stumble onto it or how did you come across it? Transformer was from a uh, a colleague of mine who had filmed for uh, you know a, a supplement company. These these bodybuilders are all sponsored by like protein supplements mm. and nutrition supplements, and so the bodybuilder powerlifter at the time was uh, with a sponsor in Canada actually, even though the character was American. And so mm. my my colleague was filming and. Um, I had been filming a bunch of content in the bodybuilding world because I was always fascinated by these people who had kind of transformed their bodies to try to, you know, often escape problems they had in life. You know, you mm-hmm. try to build this shield of armor around yourself to become, you know, defensible of the world and protect yourself. And right. so, you know, I was kind of playing, doing some short docs in that space and stumbled upon you know, that like the character, my, my, my buddy told me about this story and I just had to, I, I, I asked the character at the time, Matt, now Janae, and I asked if I could come meet her and uh, I drove down and met her. And we, you know, we, we, we just struck up, um, you know, these filmmaking things, it's like this, it's like a relationship, you know, you can't both people, the person making the film and the person having the film made about them need to be very um, open and, you know, you kind of have to like them or because you're going on this long journey and, You know, it has to be a good fit. And yeah, we felt like it was a good fit. Thanks for explaining that. And, you know, what we haven't told anyone yet is that uh, you, Michael Devante, you won the Canadian Emerging Filmmaker Award in 2018 at the Hot Docs Canadian International Documentary Film Festival for uh, Transformer. You also directed Village of the Missing in 2019, and that was about the murders uh, in Toronto for the LGBTQ uh, community. And your new film, which yeah. we are going to be talking about today, his name is Ray, which is your 2021 uh, film, uh, you shot single-handedly. You know, th- these these wonderful films that you have have made, both Transformer and Transcend, except for Village of the Missing, they all focus, like you said, on that single single relationship between yourself and the filmmaker and the subject of the film themselves. I, I thought that was really interesting, and I wanted to ask you about that process of, of doing the one-on-one has taught you from film to film. Have you, have you picked up a few things around uh, what, that, what that relationship requires as, you, as you've moved from one film to the next? Yes, I've <laughs> picked up a lot. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing, you know, before I started, I felt like the director was this, you know, kind of, high, high almighty person that mm. pulls all the strings mm. on a film set. And, and the more I've done these, I've realized that my, my subjects, my characters, they're, they're the, they're, they're the directors, mm. they're the directors, they're the writer. Mm. You know, if anything, I'm more of the cinematographer, just figuring out where the heck to put the camera right. and the kind of style we want it to be. But, <laughs> you know, and then ultimately when it comes into the edit, you have to make, you have to make choices, but you know, these, these are real lives. These are, these are real people that are, embarking on you know i always try to find projects that are in real time like i i I like you know i don't i don't like just sitting down and doing interviews and talking about the past like Mm. i'd like to be there you know while there's a while this person needs to make a choice and and head in one direction or the other and so you know i've I've learned i've had to learn to let go um of trying to be in control of these things Mm. you know it they're in control i mean this is their life yeah this is 
this is implicating more than just their life. This is there's family members involved. There's there's loved ones. There's sometimes, you know, siblings or children like there's a lot of people that you have to take into account. And and so for me, the job is really to be um, to do the best cinematic job in the sense of try to capture this in a way that, you know, when it comes time to share it, people just people enjoy it and people are immersed in, in, in this person's life. I mean, that's kind of what I tell my characters who are so courageous enough to let me follow them with a camera into these very intimate circumstances is I just, I try to say, listen, you do, you do your job of being you and being open with me and telling me when you're going to make these hard decisions and I'll do my best job to get this seen by as many people as I can. Cause I think your story, mm-hmm. you know, is important and it can impact people. Mm-hmm. That comment you made about they are the director. That's very true. And, and the story is the director. Absolutely. You know, and, and you have kind of these inklings of where you think it might go at the start. There's some themes that you want to explore, you know, but, but ultimately, I mean, all, all, all the films I've done, you're, you're, you're in, you're in the middle of these lives that are unfolding and you're just hoping um, to capture real emotion. And, and I mm-hmm. think that, that to me has just been my main goal is try to, create an environment where there's trust, where there's, um, you know, respect and, 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 you know, you feel the love between that. I want to see this person, you know, hopefully get to where they're trying to go. And, um, that, that really, that really creating that environment ends up allowing them just to process in front of the camera and i think that's where the magic happens i i just mm-hmm. think so many documentaries these days end up being hyper political and right. you know they're very you know talking head experts saying this saying right. that and for me i just i'm trying to i'm trying to experience these lives that i'm so fortunate to you know come into their their world right going back to what you're saying earlier about the fact that you 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 had this passion for filmmaking and that was mm-hmm. always there for you but you didn't see a path forward and then in 2018 you, you win the canadian emerging film award at the hot dog skinny the international documentary festival that must have been quite something for you yeah. It gave me, you know, yeah, it was, of course. I mean, it gave me a lot of confidence, mm. I think. It, mm. it gave me the confidence to make the film I just came out with. His name is Ray. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I felt like my two previous films, I had big characters. You know, the, the first was the Boston Marathon champion. The second yep. was the world record power lifter. Yep. Like, they were big stories, and people often commented about how you find, you're kind of lucky and find these big stories. And I, mm. I, I just... To me, something about that rubbed me the wrong way because I've always believed everyone has a story worth telling. Right. You know, everyone everyone has choices they're making that, you know, lead them in one direction or the other. And it could right. be good or bad. And right. so for me, Ray was Ray was somebody who I just felt I used to drive by this guy every day right. and always hope the light would turn green so I wouldn't have to confront this kind of sad, dark reality that was in my neighborhood. And, um, you know, I start saying, well, why is, what, what's different between this guy and this world record power lifter, you know, what, why? And so I, I think I just felt convicted to just learn this person's story and Ray, you know, that, that's, that's how the whole thing started with Ray. Mm. 
Yeah, well, yeah, and I know you, you said you would drive by and, and he was a panhandler. He was out on the street. You'd see him there. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen some of his, some of his, his homes when I, when I was taking the train into yeah. Toronto. I'm sure I saw some yeah, of, sure some of his places on the side of the uh, train tracks there, as we yes. saw in the film. Yeah, right on the, gar- right on the Gardner, yeah. that, kind of, that kind of lake shore and Jameson, yep. sort of his uh, artery. Yeah. And he's, he, his, depending on where the cops tell him to go, his camp is within, uh, you know, half a kilometer of that, that intersection at any time. Yeah. So, but eventually you struck up a conversation with him. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, again, I, I just, I felt compelled to learn about this reality that was in my neighborhood. And, and so we talked, I, I had my wife drop me off and mm. I was nervous, like, sure. you know, I, I don't know. I was just nervous. Right. I still remember walking up to him and I don't know why I was nervous. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not like, scared of I've gone into some pretty crazy worlds and mm. I, I don't know I was just I remember talking to him though and immediately we hit it off mm. Ray just had so much enthusiasm despite you know being in tattered clothes and being yeah. bent over like hunched over as he walked like yeah he had so much enthusiasm to show me his camps to tell me about what life was like that he was once a sailor and that this was just temporary and he was going to get off the streets and back on the water. And I just saw this passion that I've rarely seen in, in anyone that mm. I know, let alone mm. on the streets. <laughs> and uh, he just made for, you know, an amazing person to, to take us into this world that I think we've become, you know, it, it's become so stigmatized and so, you know, dip, just only seen it as this, this crisis, this statistic and mm-hmm. not seeing that these are people with names and dreams. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How long of a, how long of a time period did you follow him for? Uh, it was about eight months. I met mm-hmm. him in March mm-hmm. just before um, Transformer won at Hot Docs. And okay. at that time I was still sort of reluctant to do it. Cause I was just like, this is going to be a hard sell. I don't know if festivals are going to be into this sort of thing and all that, but you know, I think that, 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 hot docs moment really kind of told me go for it here like let's let's push let's push the boundaries here and so i followed him until um the end of september of that year it's about eight months and um you know it was obviously difficult unlike some of my other characters where you could call them and say hey i'm coming to shoot mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i had to go hunt him down every day and for every time i saw him i would probably not see him two or three times mm. so it was uh yeah it was it was a, an interesting filmmaking process Right. Now, um, the other thing about your film is that uh, it it is digitally available across Canada, which started in April, and, and it's available up until May 27th. If people are interested in finding <laughs> His Name is Ray, that is the name of the film, by Michael DeMonte. Now, uh, uh, Michael, um, you followed him for about eight months. What the story is about a street person uh, in Toronto, and many people may have seen him. Maybe people have given yeah. him money. Uh, you know, so this is a very, very familiar, a very uh, close to home story for the for the Toronto area, um, with a lot of very familiar places. Um, some that you've never seen uh, before yeah. in the way you're going to see them on this film. Uh, so yeah. it's it's quite a, an interesting story, like you said. Now, now the the time period was this going through? Um, no, it wasn't. It was It wasn't. It wasn't through COVID. Okay. No, we had we had, we we filmed a couple follow up interviews. We we wanted to just bring a few other voices into the film, right. um, and so we went back. That was during COVID when we talked to some of the some of the other characters you'll see in mm-hmm. it, just sitting mm-hmm. down, doing interviews, giving some more, more voices to the community. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Yeah, that that was during COVID. But in, if you watch it on Hot Docs afterward, I just filmed an epilogue with Ray to mm. catch up and hear how he's doing. Great. He actually he actually caught COVID, um, mm. and you know he's he's okay. Right. But he he talks about he talk gives us an update on on how things have been the last couple of years. Great. Well, that's nice to know, and it's wonderful that people can do that because I think people will want to see that once they've seen the film. Yeah, I think it's you know I think it's a bit of a it's it's a tough pill to swallow. The kind of the reality of being on the streets. I think everyone. You know, in these types of films, there have been other homeless and, and drug type films made. And I think we're always hoping for that happy ending, you know, where they get into recovery or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they get off the streets or off the drugs. And I think this this film presents kind of a more common reality that we don't want to, uh, uh, you know, acknowledge mm-hmm. about how this awful substance can really strip everything from somebody. Right including almost, you know, life itself. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I, I think, you know, I talked to Ray a lot about this while making it. It's, we, we wanted to show the highs and the lows that mm. despite kind of these dark places, it takes you, you know, these, they all still, everyone in these positions still have dreams. You know, they still have hope. They still breathe the same air. And like I said, they still have a name. Right. And his name is Ray. And that's the film we're talking about here on Moment of Truth today. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And of course, you can take us with you anywhere you go if you download the the iHeartRadio app. My guest is Michael DeMonte. He is the director and he's an award-winning director for his film Transformer. And the film, his name is Ray, is available digitally across Canada up until May 27th. And I'm sure that you may be able to find it uh, elsewhere uh, after that date. Uh, Michael, do you know of any anywhere else people can catch it after it is, uh, it's finished up uh, digitally? That's to be determined. Okay. Where uh, Hot Docs was... Not- very nice to give us this one month screening and we're going to, we're going to likely hit festivals this fall to try to try to just gain one support at a time to try to get this to as many people as possible. Right. And of course the the story is a documentary and it follows Ray, uh, Ray Martin that we see in in the film. And, you know, it's really interesting, Michael, because as I was watching this, I thought we're not just seeing a story about Ray. We're learning so much about the community of the homeless. We're learning so much about the communication process that goes on within the homeless. There are so many things that we got to see. Uh, you know, I don't think I'll ever look at uh, at the homeless the, the same way again. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've, I've heard that sentiment from some of the audience. And I, we tried to be subtle and just keep it as you know, as, as real to the story as possible. And you're right though. If you, if you watch it again, I guarantee you'll see things you missed the first time. Cause I still watch it and, yeah. and you see this entire world that, uh, you know, we, 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 we kind of put to shelters and safe injection sites and a couple other right. things, but you, you forget that, like you said, there's a whole world there that we have no idea exists. And it's interesting because you don't think that for instance, the homeless will have you think they're homeless you think they're destitute and they they have they're on their own first of all you think i think of them as loners not as this right. community of people that we saw that were were communicating were daily talking to yeah. each other that were you know and had this this network that was going on yeah 
that's a good way of describing. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to say like there are, you're, you're in such a hard situation on the streets. Like it's, it's, um, people have often asked me, are those people, right? You know, the people you see in the film, are they raised friends? And it's like, hmm. you know, at, at sometimes they are their friends and then at other times they're, they're enemies because right. that's, that's the nature of these drugs. It's right. like, if, if you've got a little extra in your system and someone gave you a couple extra pieces of pizza, you're going to share. But right. if you're cold, then you need a jacket and you're going to steal because yep. it's, you're on your own and it's a survival. And, yep. you know, it's, it's very difficult. And, but that's, you know, you hear one of the girls say that in the film, you said, you know, we, 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 we steal from each other all the time because yep. that's, that's just what goes on every it's day just, here. It's a, and it's a given, right? I mean, they talk about it yeah, like it's I, nothing. It's just the way it is. Absolutely. I mean, it's like I said, it's, but, and then the flip side is if there's a little bit of abundance, then yep. you give. Yeah. And, and it, it's this, it's this, you know, it's this very, um, yeah, kind of almost primitive way of living, you know, mm. where you're, you're surviving and, you know, you bring people in and then you have to push them out when, when you don't have enough. It's, it, it really is incredible. Yeah, and uh, you know we get to see that that uh, dark side of the homeless, and again that that existence that keeps them there. And you know it's interesting because Ray seemed okay with what was going on. He seemed okay because as long as he could get his hit, get that drug, uh, you know, and had access and, and get enough money for that, the booze and the drugs, uh, it seemed to revolve around that a lot. And then of course finding a place to sleep, sleep and stay yeah. warm. That uh, was kind of like the the thing and but but you know then again you don't think of uh, a homeless person that has transportation and there he is with his bike and he's got that little trailer that he pulls around but yeah but the other thing about ray of course is you found a really interesting character ray we haven't even touched on him but he's such a great character yeah it would have been it would have been hard it would have been just a quite a different style of film with anyone else but you know on the first day ray invited me out just to kind of watch him panhandle. And then after we were done, he's like, do you want to come? I'll show you where I live. Right. So we were, we were biking up, um, towards, uh, he was going to get some alcohol and his, and his, and his tent set up was along the way and we ducked in and it was trashed. Mm. And mm -hmm. he was, he, he started showing me around. There's a scene in the film. He goes, yeah, we used to have wood flooring. here. <laughs> yeah, we, had, right. we had nice wood floor. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I used to be able to get electricity. Like I couldn't, I could barely believe what he was saying. And, right. and I just realized like this. And I said, is life always, is this what life is like? Mm. He's like, oh yeah, every day is like this. Mm. You know, every, every day is yeah. kind of this survival. And, and, but he, like you say, he was kind of always positive. Like yeah. it's very hard to get him down. Yep. And he's this eternal optimist. And extremely charismatic, extremely well spoken. Yeah, like <laughs> incredibly intelligent yes. when he's telling his friend that the mosque—it's not a mosque because it's right. not facing the right direction. <laughs> like all this stuff, you just can't. You, yeah. you know, it's like you just—it makes you, you know, that made me feel sad the whole time to mm. be honest. Because mm. I just, I love Ray, and yeah. it's like in any other life, the guy could have had a family or you know done anything else and had the house in Oakville or whatever he wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you just see that these. These drugs, these these choices ended up taking, putting you in this whole other world and mm. you're just not living to your potential. I think for me, that's the saddest part. And that potential, uh, we get to see a little bit of that, that dream, that 
that dream that Ray has about going back on the water, which he always talks about throughout yeah. the film. And you're right about the intelligence. He's very well spoken. He's he's yeah. and he's also very caring. He he always thinks of the other person. Several times he he mentions things about. Uh, other people, you know, and and it's always in a very thoughtful way, even when it's uh, when it's someone that has done harm to him or whatever it might be. But but you know, the one scene that got me was when you were able to get him out on the boat with the, that that guy yeah. that you know, and that yeah. shot of him behind the wheel, you could just see it in his eyes. You know, you could oh. see it. Right? It was I, like I, I we were I was filming that and said, okay, the film's over. Like this is, this is the ending because the only other possible ending and Ray has said it. I mean, he doesn't have, he's tried to get off and can't like, he knows that it's going to end in a short life likely. Mm. And, and to me, that final scene was, was that's, that's as good as it's going to get of a, of somebody back mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> yeah. figure speech, but back at the wheel of the ship, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, and as he said, I think, I think I got better wins now. I think we're hitting better wins. Yeah. And, uh, that's the Ray that, you know, I want to remember and I, and I hope people remember and yeah, seeing him, seeing him there. And I, I remember trying, I remember this emotional scene is seeing his hands on the wheel mm. and so much through the rest of the film, we had seen his hands, you know, mixing the fentanyl, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> with the needles. And now you see it holding the ship and taking it, yep. taking it somewhere. And that's, that's just the, you know, yeah, that's that's the image I wanted to leave people with. And of course, the, the, that's the other thing that we get to see is that dark side, the drug, the mixing, like you said, of him actually shooting up with this stuff and hearing about how this life and the drug life has taken other people in his in his world. Yeah, I mean, a couple people had died while we were filming. And then when I got caught up with him, I actually changed the title card at the end of the film. Mm after we did the uh after i filmed that epilogue for the hot dog screen because right. he told me it's like this per yeah that person you know the person uh this person died that person died mm. that person we filmed with died mm. so you know if we let the if we if we let another couple years go by who knows what will happen it's right. it's um yeah it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a reality <laughs> yeah and and even that made me think of of the other people that you did get short uh, little um, interviews with that knew Ray and talk about Ray in the film. Um, yeah, and they're very all all very seemed very caring, like very caring people. Uh, they they you know the one woman who was in yeah, tears yeah. talking about how she was hoping that Ray would straighten his life out. I think and yeah, his, his friend Claudette. That yeah. was super moving. She she says, you know. I see, I, I, she says, I miss, I miss him. Yeah. And she does something with her hands being like, he's not, he's not there. I, I miss right. the other yeah. person. Yeah. And then she says, I still see him every now and then. And obviously she sees him all the time. She, she's saying, I still see that person right. that, you know, I knew before yes. everything got taken away. Yes. And that, that to me was, you know, I, I, yeah, I think that's what we're trying to do is hopefully, yeah you know, see, see these people before they kind of get overtaken by this substance. Yeah. His name is Ray is the name of the film we're talking about. It's a new documentary by Michael DeMonte, and uh, he is an award-winning director for Transformer. Now, you can see his name is Ray, uh, as you said, on Hot Docs. It's dig- digitally available across Canada up until May 27th, so uh, check it out. His name is Ray, and then you can catch that new epilogue that uh, Michael did with the uh, character that is the focus of the film, Ray. 
Fascinating speaking with you, Michael. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show. And like I said, uh, congratulations on this film and all the films that you've done and all the best in the future. And I look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thanks so much, David. It's been awesome. All right. You take care. That's Michael DeMonte. He is an award-winning director. We're talking to him about his film. His name is Ray. And as I said, you can catch that up until May 27th on Hot Docs uh, uh, digitally across Canada. So check it out, and then you can see that epilogue as well. That's this part of the show. Please don't go away. We'll be right back with more here on Moment of Truth and Element FM. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And that, of course, is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And as you may know now, you can download the iHeartRadio app and take us with you anywhere you go. You can also listen to Moment of Truth on other radio stations that now carry the show. And we welcome any listeners from those stations, as well as anyone listening on their favorite podcast platform and or our SoundCloud. We welcome you all. I also welcome to the show as my guest today, Adrian Wallace. Adrian Wallace is an award-winning director, screenwriter, actor from Toronto, Ontario. He's also a fellow co-worker. We used to to be here at Element FM a while back. And so it's a pleasure to have Adrian on the show. And it's so nice to see uh, someone that you know go on to achieve things in, in, in a line or, or career that they, they love. You know, we all have our passions. We all have those things that we do outside of our work. And, and it's so nice to see Adrian move on because he recently, you ready for this? He won a Canadian Screen Award for Best Directing in a Docuseries. So it, it's a pleasure to have Adrian on the show. Adrian, welcome to the show. Oh, man, thank you for that. I don't think I could top that introduction, um, you know, but the world knows who you are, David. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to let the world know who I am. So I appreciate, you know, being on this platform and having the opportunity to kind of, you know, uh, broaden my reach a little bit. Um, mm. You know, the moment of truth has been running for, for some time and I, I, I definitely listen here and there. So um, it's a great honor, great pleasure to be here, um, especially, like you said, in front of a, a co-worker um, that, you know, I had a pleasure working with in the past. Well, thanks for saying that, Adrian. Now, as I just introduced you, said you used to work here. We know that you moved on. You had this career that you were looking to do. You've always been interested in film and, and those kind of things. Yeah. So why don't you bring us up to date a little bit in terms of, you know, once you left and how things rolled out. And, and, and we'll get into talking about Black Sun, which is uh, the film we're going to be talking about that you did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for that, David. Um, yeah. I mean, um, first of all, it was, it was a great pleasure working, you know, uh, with you. And some of the other co-workers that Element FM, you know, I, I knew I had all these skills and I, I knew radio. I knew I was interested in radio. I didn't know exactly um, where I could possibly fit. So, you know, um, getting hired as a creative writer and getting promoted to a creative uh, director within six months was an absolute, you know, phenomenal experience. And, mm. you know, we had to go our ways um, at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, you know, I've always had a passion for filmmaking. Um, you know, my, my, my passion for this entertainment industry actually started with, with my desire, my passion for acting, you know, I think um, it just came to a point where, you know, I was, I was tired of waiting by the phone and, and, and <laughs> waiting for someone to dictate mm. uh, my fate in regard to my talent being good enough to be selected to represent myself and to embody these characters that I so, so, so deeply envisioned myself um, taking on on screen. Um, so, you know, um, you know, after some trial and error, I think 
I realized that, you know, it wasn't enough to just wear one hat. Like I, I knew I had skills to kind of develop that into other, other things that I can hyphenate myself with. So, um, yeah, after giving my hand at acting for a bit, I knew that, you know, maybe this was time to kind of, um, you know, open the, the dimensions to the, the stuff that I was interested in. And filmmaking was one of those things. So, um, you know, after graduating from, from Harvard College in 2009, or sorry, 2012, and having that little acting kind of tryout for myself, you know, I was always doing it as a, as a young kid. But, you know, like I said, you know, the struggles, the ill representation, oh, oh, it was a whole bunch of stuff that happened. I decided to go to film school in 2015. Mm. So, um Right after that, that's when I, you know, joined you at Element FM, tried out radio for a year. And, and um, you know, after that year, um, I decided to to really take filmmaking to the next level. So I was involved in a plethora of independent projects. Um, I really dabbled my hand in everything from documentary storytelling uh, uh, to short films to, to a web series that I created and, uh, and, and co-produced, co-wrote, co-directed. Um, and, um, you know, I did my first feature film in 2019. So... It was really just the time for me to say, you know what, uh, while I figure out my next move, I know I'm always going to be passionate about these things. So why not just take this time while I figure out whatever my next nine to five is, you know, hopefully within um, uh, the field that I'm obviously uh, passionate about and aspire to really do full time, um, being a writer, being a screenwriter, a director, um, actor, et cetera. Uh, that was really the, 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 the gap of time that I had to really just, mm. um, you know, be explorative in those fields. And um, I, that's what I did. And, you know, I was independently producing and, and, and shooting a lot of my own stuff on my own budget, <laughs> on my own dime and on my own nickel. So, um, yeah, um, I was very fortunate to have been part of a lot of uh, uh, programs that really support the, the, the creators in the industry. Um, one being being black in Canada, which is actually the program responsible for me um, having created the doc. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm responsible for creating the doc, but <laughs> what I mean is the program allowed me to, to share that story, to, to right. have the platform. You know, we got, into film festivals where I got to travel yeah. to like Halifax and Montreal and then back home in Toronto to actually, yeah. you know, show, share the story, you know, um, as you, as you know, uh, being black, uh, in Toronto was a series that basically became a collective, uh, me being one of the six co-directors, um, um, and my film particularly focusing on gun violence titled, mm -hmm. uh, black sun. So, um, from programs like that to programs like E20, which is, um, stands for emergent 20, um, in Toronto, or mm -hmm. sorry, in Canada, rather. So the top 20 emerging filmmakers um, in that year. Uh, I was very luck um, very fortunate to have been part of that. Um, and, you know, just, just through a, a group of mentorship programs and classes that I took and, um, you know, networking things that I was doing, I was able to really put together a body of work that was recognized uh, today to put me in this seat, uh, which I'm sitting in now. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's been busy, <laughs> creatively, but creatively busy, but yeah. Good, good busy. So the other thing, of course, Adrian, that has happened since we last worked together, um, in, in, you know, is is a couple of things. COVID, right? Uh, so you were talking about traveling. Obviously, that was pre-COVID, and, yeah. and, yeah. and and of course the <laughs> other the other thing with COVID. Um, well, there's there's a couple of things. There's the climate crisis that became a big issue for youth, but of course within. COVID, we had the the tragedies that were taking place, George Floyd, you know, and, and I'm just wondering how, how did that impact you working on the kind of stuff that you were obviously starting to work on already? Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy that, you know, we had to deal with that simultaneously, like mm. all these things were happening, you know, it was enough that I was transitioning from kind of moving from a more corporate life to a more mm. full-time, you know, creative uh, freelancer type um, artist uh, yeah. 
artistry type of um i guess transition and um that that alone was, was hard enough to deal with you know um you know maybe not knowing where your next income or, mm. or paycheck was going to come from you know and just being available for any opportunity that may have came your way um so that was already difficult to deal with uh, making that transition and then you have COVID on top of that yeah. um which made it even harder to um, you know, secure these opportunities in these jobs because everything was kind of on freeze and, every, and like nobody knew what direction the industry was going to go from, you know, the bylaws that were being set in the city and how to navigate them. Um, so that was like another obstacle thrown on top. And then you have, you know, all the things that are happening just, just around us in our environment. You hear about the George Floyd, you hear about the, you know, the abuse of power. And, and like you mentioned, like a lot of these topics were things that we, uh, me and my team already had in development. For mm. example, the future film, uh, because we are, which, which deals with uh, a crooked cop who, you know, takes advantage of his um, of his power against a, a black community, um, and that was something that was already brewing in the pipelines in 2019. So I think seeing these things and and seeing social media and seeing the news and the headlines and the things that I know affected you know people like myself and people in my community, it just added more fuel to the fire, um, and it assured me that. It was it was it was now more than ever that we needed to attack these stories and and use our skills um, creatively and cinematically to basically express how we felt about them. You know, because we don't have the luxury of you know coming on a moment of truth every day to to, to really speak <laughs> and reflect upon these issues. So we gotta we gotta you know go in our creative bag and use the resources that we have, um, you know, to tell a story cinematically. You know, and then that's one almost one guaranteed way that we could you know. Um, uh, share an idea with, with the masses you know mm -hmm. we get into film festivals we create that natural exposure maybe for some of us we get very lucky and it gets distributed picked up by like a crave tv or a netflix and that's obviously the goal um you know to share these stories that are important to us to the masses you know um but yeah it was you know to be honest it, it's, it's still something we're dealing with we, mm -hmm. we, we you know there's 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 the event that happens and then there's the aftermath that happens so um you know we're still dealing with it and um all we can really do is is, is be optimistic and um, you know, trying to be part of conversations that are very important and 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 contribute to creating solutions for for these things. Yeah. You now, a couple yeah. of things that come to mind out of that. You, you mentioned transitioning, and you mentioned you know maybe wondering where your next next meal or your next dollar is going to come from because you're independent. Um, yeah. And and of course that makes perfect sense. But I, I think that going back to that step to become independent seems like a natural progression from what you were doing. You said you were interested in acting. You started out in acting. And once you get into the industry, I guess it's like anything else, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, um, I think that's, that's part of, you know, every title that we assign to ourselves. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, um, we can't stay complacent with it almost. You know, I feel like we just outgrow ourselves and we outgrow mm -hmm. some of the things we, we naturally are signed up to do or signed in to do. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's just part of life, you know, evolution, you know, us being, you know, the best versions of ourselves, um, but also, you know, doing the best version of a job that we're assigned to do as well. And I, and I think, you know, um, especially with the career path that I chose being in the entertainment industry, um, you know, it's a very saturated industry. Um, so um, I don't think uh, I could no, I, I can no longer see myself sustaining myself with just having one title. You know, I, I this pandemic has definitely forced me to really think outside the box and figure out, um, you know, some of the skills and um, maybe some of the new skills that I can learn to, to really, um, um, you know, create multiple streams of revenue, you know, getting into entrepreneurship, you know, maybe, maybe starting a business, um, you know, look, looking into stocks, like whatever, whatever <laughs> it is, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening around us. So, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a great beneficiary of time to really, mm. um, you know, just to sit back and say, okay, apart from, what I'm passionate about doing apart from, 
um, you know, me, me, me trying to pursue a career, mm. a professional career in this industry with multi, multi hyphenates that I, that I do, like, what else can I do to try to help myself stay afloat? You know, like, like what is pandemic proof? Mm. Um, so, you know, that's, the, those are things that we definitely had to think about, or at least me as a creative, um, you know, when this pandemic hit. Right. You mentioned your, you mentioned your team and the team of people that you work with. You want to share some information around your team at all? Yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I definitely had, you know, more certain goals around like working with a team that I could constantly be creating, um, just a plethora of, of work um, together. Um, what, 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 I, what, what has happened, uh, more so recently is that, um, I'm realizing that sometimes the project kind of tells you what you need, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's not always the friends beside you um, mm. that are the appro- most appropriate ones to maybe deliver something. Mm. Um, so I'm learning, you know, I'm definitely more open to working with people with different expertises and, you know, using mine where they fit and then using theirs where they fit. Um, I'm all about serving the story in the project. Um, so if that means I have to work with a, 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 a brand new commodity of people, I mean, I'm open to getting to know them and, and doing that. Um, Ideally, of course, I would like one day like to have my own production company where I have my my go tos, and you know we create content consistently and, and are known for that aesthetic, known for mm. the quality of, of the content that we do. And I definitely think that's a goal down the down the line. But um, you know, right now, being as independent as I am right now, um, I'm definitely open to working with with, with, with with new faces and old faces. You know, um, and that's that's the power of networking. You know, um, sometimes you look at a project and it tells you exactly what you need, and mm. if it's already in your circle. You go to them for it. If it's not, you got to reach out. So, yeah. I'd l- like to go back to last year, 2020, and the things that were going on. And, and don't want to spend too much time on this, but I, th- I think it, it's somewhat important. And I'm, I'm just wondering if, in, in reflection, do you see any changes that are coming out of the unfortunate incidents that happened last year, like the George Floyd killing? I mean, I can definitely tell you I want to see changes, mm, um, yeah. you know, and, you know, in, in, the, in the interim, we, we got to stay optimistic. You know, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely nice to have conversations with people who are involved with different sectors, mm. you know, whether that be policing, whether that be government. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, uh, I would actually like to create more conversations about that to kind of get like an inside um, kind of uh, voice on, on what's going on, what they actually see, because, you know, mm. people like us have to kind of wait on the sidelines and, and, and take in the news when it comes. But. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, these things have been going on, um, for a very long time. It's still prevalent to, to, to this day. Um, and, and, and I think, um, you know, beyond just a lot of the, the, the crimes against, you know, um, communities, um, like the black communities, like I'm from, mm. um, you know, it, it, there's a, there's a, there's a bigger thing in relation to just, um, diversity and inclus- uh, inclusivity, you know, um, that's definitely something that. I'm a lot more focused on seeing, especially because this is a career that I've chosen to kind mm. of pursue myself um, within. And, you know, uh, the pandemic really exposed a lot of things. It, it, it exposed the, the lack of diversity behind a lot of the gatekeeper companies that are responsible for green lighting content, for yeah, example. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, you know, that's, that's, that's definitely um, more of a, a campaign that I feel like I do have more power contributing to because I'm, I'm, I'm literally one of those content creators. So, you know, uh, we, we definitely want to, to force these people to, kind of audit themselves and really reflect like, Hey, like, how are you helping the mm. world as opposed to one specific demographic or mm. one specific group? Mm. Um, but you know, when it comes to, you know, the people that make the rules, you know, we could, we could only, you know, band together as a community 
you know, sign petition petitions that I think matter and, you know, and hope, hope they actually, you know, care to, to do something about it. So um, it's sad that that's really the only thing that we can do right now, but um, mm. I definitely try to fight the good fight where I can. Okay. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You can download the iHeartRadio app and take us with you anywhere you go. And my guest here on Moment of Truth today is Adrian Wallace, a fellow co-worker who was here a couple of years ago here at Element FM. But he is also now an award-winning director, screenwriter, actor from Toronto. And from documentary storytelling, commercial productions, uh, short films, web series and feature films adrian has appeared in and has his work screened internationally in all formats and he recently won a canadian screen award for best directing in a docuseries with his project being black in toronto and currently adrian is developing his directorial debut feature an original TV series, and is looking for both, for to rather looking to book talent roles. So uh, you may want to check uh, Adrian out online to see if you can, uh, <laughs> if there's a place for you in one of those uh, one of those projects he's working on. So uh, check that out. Now we're we're also here to talk to Adrian about uh, something he sent me a screener for a, a documentary entitled Black Sun. And uh, and so it's it's great that um, that we can talk to him about that. And I must apologize, Adrian, because I know you sent me also a screener for the uh, being black in Toronto. But when I went there, it, it said I couldn't access it at that point in time. So I apologize yeah. that I wasn't able to see that right away. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe the apologies on me. Maybe uh, there was something wrong with the link. I know there was a couple issues um, with mm. the link. I don't know if mm. it's coding. Mm. I don't know if they displaced it or right. whatever. But I can definitely get that to you at a later yeah, time. No but uh, I'm glad that. Uh, Black Sun found you well, though, David. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. I think that it, it leads well out of what you were saying there about, you said you wanted to join the conversation about some of these things that were going on. I think Black Sun it, it really is part of that conversation, right? I mean, your opening monologue is extremely powerful and just pulls you right in to that to that story. And, and, and it really gets the point across. Uh, the line that sticks out, of course, is I'm tired. I'm tired, and and that's what you repeat over and over in there, and that uh, and it makes, of course, perfect sense uh, in in what you are describing and what you're you're talking about. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm tired could could be followed up with with so many different things. You yeah. know, um, you know, in that moment of time, in that eight minute doc, I was really dialed into you know um, an issue that was prevalent as me as a kid growing up. Um, that's unfortunately and sadly still prevalent, um, mm-hmm. even in my, in my heyday now, um, um, you know, gun violence, gun yeah. violence, uh, it's been, um, one of those things that, you know, you think go, goes away one second and then you, you turn your back and boom, it happens again. And, you know, it's even more unfortunate when, when you, when you know the person that may have been hit by, by such acts. Um, and I was very lucky to have uh, told the story in a very unique perspective. You know, I've, I've definitely heard it and I think we all have. We've heard it from, you know, the the, the, the political side of, of people. We've heard it from the news. We hear it from the media. Um, and, you know, those stories are not always accurate. But when you hear it from the community itself, I feel like it hits you different. Mm. Um, so my job was definitely, or at least my intention, was to, to capture the point of view uh, of someone directly affected or people directly affected by gun violence, um, you know, from a different point of view. And then that point of view was women. I'm talking about mothers of sons who lost their sons and their children to the gun violence. I'm talking about girlfriends of boyfriends who've lost their sons to, to, to um, acts of gun violence. Um, and I'm talking to friends who've lost their friends, uh, you know, to the bullet. So 
I was very lucky um, to have um, uh, used uh, people that I knew um, and, and to, to really just, you know, um, cinematically explore their courage to tell their stories mm-hmm. and, and, you know, how they deal with the, the, um, the anguishes of the gun violence that they, they face and the traumatic, um, you know, experiences that they had and, and still deal with to this day and how they're trying to help their effective communities in today's society. Yeah, for sure. And you, you do introduce us to a couple of women in the, the film. And I like what you just said about the the way you told the story, because you introduce yourself, you introduce about your own your own feelings around it and, and give us that sense of just being exhausted, you know, giving, being exhausted around having to look over your shoulder every time you go out on the street, every time you cross the street, every time you go do, do anything. And... And it really does, you know, do, do a good job of expressing that. And then you take us to someone else. Uh, and the first person we meet, of course, is Kelly, a friend of yours that's also a filmmaker. And yeah. she gives us her story about what is going on. And, you know, the thing about her story that, uh, that, that stuck out at me, that, that made it really real, was her, her line about the officer that she sees coming in and his, his jacket is smoking. And it took her a while to realize, oh, he's, he's just been shot at. And, and that's why it's smoking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, um, you know, like, you know, she gives such a, a visual representation of what happened. And, mm-hmm. you know, that being the first time that she was engaged with an experience where someone was actually shot. Like, yeah. you know, I, I just feel like we, we have this, 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 this veil that we think it can't happen until it happens, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It's like we, we it's like we go into the state of shock that oh my god someone within my proximity yeah. has actually been affected you know you know by 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 guns or gun violence you know this is something that's easily glamorized in movies you know we have yeah. the John Wicks you know the Matrix yeah. you know some it's of my true. favorite movies from being honest but <laughs> you know the thing about movies it's just that you know you know yeah. it starts and it ends yeah. and we can still go home to our beds but you know when these things happen in real life that could be the difference of you never waking up again um yeah. and, and and causing a fatal reaction so. Um, you know, it, it's, it's something that, that hits us deeply. And, and, you know, um, you know, Kelly spoke about how it affected her for years upon years. She, yeah. she didn't even know how to make friends because, right. you know, or, or she, she didn't want to make friends even because she didn't want one of her friends to pop up on the news, mm. um, you know, mm-hmm. dead by gun violence. So, you know, this is, this is something that has, um, very long and, and traumatic effects uh, to us all. I'm glad you said that because that is something else I wrote down. And, and I don't want to take away from the fact of the, I think, more important points that she made. She talked about being in high school. She talked about that almost every week she was losing someone, that there was another person. She said, I think she said between five and nine people she lost that year. Yeah. Seven to nine people. Yeah, yep, in so one summer. It's it's tragic to hear that. Now the other thing, though, that that uh, that Kelly mentioned, the words she used was, "It changed how I invested in people," which I thought was a really interesting choice of words. You know. Yeah, um, you know, very poetic, but you know, it was it was something that you can clearly tell was coming from a genuine place in her heart. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, then to be honest, when we befriend people. We we it is kind of like an investment, sure, you know. We're we're, sure. we're putting our time, yep. we're putting our energy yep. to get to know them, to work with them, um, you know, to help them maybe when they're in, uh, in need of help, um, and and maybe to expect that same help when you're in need of it one day. So if you think about it, it really is an investment, getting yeah. to know people sure and, and 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 having them be part of your life. Yeah. And you know that word invest, you know, often will relate us to finance, finances and monetary stuff, you know, and. You know, when you buy a stock, you know, it's looked at as investing. 
Um, and w- what happens if, if something goes wrong, you, you lose that money. And it's the mm. same thing with, with a friend. You know, yeah. if something was to happen to them, you know, God forbid, you lose them. So, yeah. you know, that's energy and time once again that you invested in someone that you're losing. So, um, you know, you, you can definitely break that down in a, a couple of different things that you invest. Yeah. Uh, just being befriending somebody. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it also refers to that emotional investment that we have around our friends. People yep. have that around money too, but uh, we're talking about yep. that that emotional connection, right? That's what we exactly. really really affects us there. Then we go on to meet uh, Sherry and talk about her son that, that is killed and uh, Hamilton woman. Yes, um, yeah, mom. You know, shout out Sherry, just a a brave, brave woman. You know, doing amazing things in her community as a as a community activist. And, yeah. You know, trying to to be a, a huge advocate. Not trying. She is a, a huge advocate for for, for anti gun violence and, and senseless violence. And you know, Hamilton definitely has their their share of violent acts as well. And I know, um, you know, it's, um, the document uh, Black Sun became part of a of a doc series called Being Black in Toronto. But you know, I look at Hamilton as, as being part of our own. You know, it's it's not that far. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of business that happens between the cities. So, um, yeah, I was very fortunate to have um, you know, share involved in this story. Um, however, it was very unfortunate that she lost her her, her biracial son. Yeah. Um. You know, to to an act of gun violence, and and th- and sometimes the worst part about it, I think, is you know sometimes you're just caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, mm. sometimes you're that guy in the middle mm. trying to 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 take the um you know two sides and and make them work, but you know sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes you're <laughs> you're you're the person that pays for it. You know, um you know whatever it may be, whether it's a a sign uh, or 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 some type of message sent to another group. Um, you know, to, to, to prove your power to, to someone or something. So, you know, I feel like, you know, Marley, um, rest in peace, Marley Rowe, he was, he was definitely unfortunate, you know, being the, the middle ground guy trying to, you know, create the peace between two sides and end up, you know, being the victim. So, um, but uh, yeah, you know, Sherry was very brave and courageous to, to tell mm-hmm. that story. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy. As she mentioned in the documentary, that was like the first time yeah. since the event happened. Yeah, you know, um, right. that she went back to the crime scene. So even just relishing in that moment uh, for her, I can imagine what she was going through, um, you know, and but just just an extraordinary example of, of, of courage. Um, now, moving on, you've got some new stuff in the works. Uh, you want to uh, tell us about that? Because some people may be listening uh, going, hey, you guys are talking about something new and there's a possibility there <laughs> yeah. might be a role for me. What's that uh, about? I love when this part comes up because I'm just like, you know, how much do I tell and how much do I not tell? But um <laughs> I could definitely say that, yeah, as you mentioned um, in a little blurb earlier, um, you know, one of my focuses is getting um, that directorial debut off, off off the ground. You know, it's been something that I've been sitting on for a while, and uh, I can't wait to, to to have the resources and the funding behind it to really showcase my directorial debut to the world, um, a father-son drama. Um, but um, I think um, looking at it in closer proximity, I, my goal is really to get into TV directing right now. Mm. Um, I'm really focused on, on building as much experience and portfolio work as possible um, so that I can kind of really establish, establish myself in TV. So that means if I get to direct a, a, an episode on, on Hudson and Rex or Pretty Hard Cases or whatever the show may, may be, um, I, I really want to be established and, and get some directorial or more directorial experience under my belt in a more consistent lane before going off to do my, my, my big Quentin Tarantino or Spike Lee <laughs> film. So, um, and beyond that, you know, I am working on an original TV series uh, as well. So hopefully that's another thing I get 
um, you know, lucky down the road to 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 get distributed and, and picked up by to, to share with the masses. So, hmm. Adrian, it's been really fascinating speaking with you. I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to join us and talk to us about uh, your film uh, Black Sun and about the projects you've got going on, your future projects. Uh, it, it's so nice to catch up with you as well. Can people check out Black Sun? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's um, I mean, right now it's, it's it's collectively part of the docu series that. Um, myself as a co-director and the five others decided to kind of just make a more powerful piece uh, ensemble piece. Um, So about 30 minutes and 51 seconds into the docuseries, you will see my feature of Black Sun. So um, that's how they can check it out. And, um, you know, whenever we get into film festivals, I'll definitely share that as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Adrian, thanks again for being on the show. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in each and every day right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and we will see you again tomorrow right here on Moment of Truth and Element FM. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.